fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Yes, it is the 30-something movie podcast uh, brought to you this evening by DayQuil. Because we're all sick here now. We're all sick here. How are you? How are you, Bo? Just fine, thanks. <laughs> fine, thanks. I almost, I wanted to be like, I'm going to sound exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger for some of this episode. If my if my nose is not as cleared up as it has been all day, I'm going to be like, it's not a tuba. <laughs> I was telling everybody today that I was doing my method acting and I was going to be Marlon Brando. Oh, there you go. I was going to tell you that I'm going to make you an offer. Maybe you should talk for me tonight. (laughs) (laughs) There was a time last week. Mm -hmm. I don't sound great now. There was a time last week when I did sound like Marlon Brando. Oh, I, I believe it. It was something else. I believe it. Last week knocked me out. I after after two and a half years of not getting it, I finally got the the dreaded plague. So I can. Put, Hopefully, put, it has come and will be leaving your abode soon, never to return again. Put that on my bingo card, right? And smoke it. <laughs> <sighs> when we look back on the. The decade that is the 2020s. I don't know, brother. Yeah, I'm. I'm calling it right now. We're going to just have long-term memory loss. Nobody's going to remember the 2020s. Not doesn't sound like the worst idea. That's, that's probably <laughs> fine with me. It's going to be really weird when I skip from being like 39 to 50. Eh. But that's all right. What were you going to accomplish in your 40s anyway? I probably not much. Not much. Not anything that I haven't already accomplished. So. I, Indeed. I peaked real early, so. You might miss some years of your kids growing up, but man. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's just high school. What do you need let's to just, know that for? Let's just skip to the part where they take care of me. Right? At least when they speak to you lovingly again. Oh, How about that? Well, let's let's clarify that. Let's skip to the part where Nora takes care of me. That's fair. Okay. That's a good point. Okay. So, we are here to talk about memoirs. Of an invisible man, and we we were a little punchy before we started recording, so who knows what's going to happen now? We're we're hopped up on all kinds of medication at this point, so buckle up. <laughs> this is the what is the uh, what what do they call it on the Greatest Generation? The uh, Coco No No or the um? Is the, well, there's the, the Coco No No. There was bar the episode. There's Morn Hammered is Morn my Hammered. personal favorite. Okay, all right. <sighs> so what do what do we call this? Is this Doctor Crusher's sick bay? Oh, that's good. There we go. You're hopped up that's on good. hopped up on the uh, Mucinex and the Dayquil. Benzo. And... What, what's what's something they they always used on Star Trek? Uh, benzo triazoline or some nonsense like. Sure, that. I I think I took three of those this morning. 
with my with my other medications I can't pronounce Mjolnir Pavir. <laughs> I think Mjolnir Pavir is is a is a new trade name. Mjolnir. I, I was should... I was worthy enough to take it. So I think you should call them and be like, listen, folks, you're missing the boat here. Mm-hmm. Just make your Make your marketing name Mjolnir, and people will think it's cool. There's a new Thor movie coming out. Perfect. I mean, come on. It's you can tell on, people. Let's get some product placement going I here. Know. If the if Big come Pharma on. would just figure out that they can do product placement with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then and they can I mean, tell people they could take it for their Thor throat. <laughs> <laughs> Jane's got a sore throat. She needs some Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah. I'm sorry. My brain is only about halfway working. <laughs> Talk about being hammered. Dude, it was so hard at work today. My brain was like, when your brain's only like 75% there and the rest mm-hmm. of it is shot. And it's amazing that last 25% is huge. Mm-hmm. Like that's 25% that lets you think about what you were thinking about and answer the question that just came at you. Don't it, what, haven't we learned from sci-fi stuff that like humans only use 8% of their brain anyway? Well, yeah, so take that 8%, divide it by 75, 25, you see what I'm working with here. <laughs> it was eight. so hard. I could not think about two things at once. Eight, it was, eight, no. Eight per- no. 75% of 8% is. It was my understanding that there would be no math. <laughs> and a well-timed eight. quote will segue us into tonight's Chevy eight. Chase film. Memoirs, Memoirs of an, an Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. Thank you, Chevy. It was very kind of you. Mm-hmm. All right, so our movie this time, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. We spoil freely here, so just be warned. And we're a little we're a little punchy tonight anyway, so we might just spoil some extra stuff too. Visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can leave a rating, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon, which I don't know if you know, Bo, there is even more bonus content over on Patreon now. Wow, more you know about bonus this? content on Patreon? Do you know about this? Have you heard about this? I, I have not, but I think I'm going to hear now. Okay, there is more bonus content because I don't already have enough free time. I have decided that a couple of times a month, I'm going to put out these little like 15-minute mini episodes on either a movie that we couldn't quite get to because it wasn't in our list or something new, like a new movie that came out or a new TV series that came out. So, so far, there are two over there. I'm calling them Patreon Shorts. And they're like real quick little 15-minute deals. And so far, we've got one on Doctor Strange 2. And we've got one on a Top Gun Maverick. Oh, then nice. I have not seen either of those. Or what I'm or what I'm referring to, because what I'm referring to as Top Gun Connolly, because I feel like that's what a lot of the tweets have been about lately. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure Tom Cruise is in the movie. According to Twitter, he's not, but well, some things are better than others. Which, by the way, little little quick little thing that I did not include in my Patreon. So here's a little here's a little teaser for the Patreon stuff. But I didn't include this because I didn't know it at the time. Did you know that the character? Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? I have not. Okay, so Top Gun Maverick, very good, very very excellent. The character that Jennifer Connelly plays, her. Mm. And, her Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's an involuntary reaction. There's no, nothing it's, I can it's, do about it. It's fine. It's fine. I, I get stuck. The character she plays, her name is Penny. I believe. Is this a Penny Marshall joke? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. This, this podcast has a tendency to do that. I wanted to check. Don't you mean Gary Marshall? Maybe I do. Yeah, Penny Marshall. 
Marshall Dillon. That's totally. We are Marshall. No. Ooh. That's different. So, no. So, her name is Penny. Mm. And in the original Top Gun, when Principal Strickland is listing off all of Maverick's offenses and Goose is standing right there next to him. Penny Benjamin, the Admiral's daughter. Yes. I did not catch that when I watched the movie for the first time. And I saw a clip of it uh, from the original Top Gun. And he's like, Penny Benjamin? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold the phone. Are you? That's outstanding. Penny Benjamin, the Admiral's daughter. Heck yeah. Yeah. So. That's outstanding. Stick that in your tower and buzz it. (laughs) All right. Well, we're not here to talk. That's just to let people know that we have additional bonus content on top of the monthly Patreon episode that we do. Additional exciting bonus content. Additional. So if you're not already a co-executive producer via Patreon, head on over there. There are different levels of support. You're supporting the show. You're helping us keep the lights on here and uh, keep things running, our hosting costs, things like that. There are some costs associated with the show we do this for fun but there are some costs associated with it so it allows us to keep doing what darn internet people you know what it should just make everything free wouldn't that be great that would be nice it should just all be free but anyway so there is a free the podcast there you go save ferris yeah Free the podcast. So, yes. So, if you want to head on over there to Patreon, uh, any level of support at Patreon, there are different levels where you can get different benefits on there, but any level of support on there will get you access to these bonus episodes. So, there will be... So, yeah. So, we're looking at, like, three bonus episodes a month. So, you get one full-length episode and then two mini-episodes every month for joining us over there on Patreon. So, you're you're getting a lot of extra content over there for your buck. And we appreciate all the folks that have been with us on Patreon for just the last couple of years or so since we've been doing the Patreon part. Just thank you so much. We appreciate you guys so much for helping out the show and, and hope you're enjoying that extra bonus content over there. And we've enjoyed getting to know all of you. So it's been a lot of fun. All right. I don't think we got anything else going on. So you want to just jump right into this one? Let's do it. All right. Our first segment, Trivia Pursuits. Our title for this one is Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Came out on the 28th of February, 1992. Rated PG-13 with a runtime of 1 hour, 39 minutes. Directed by John Carpenter, who did The Fog, Halloween, and They Live. Uh, Writers for this one were H.F. Saint, who wrote the book. Robert Collector, Dana Olson, and William Goldman, who did the screen. William Goldman, I believe, ended up being uncredited on this one because the screenplay he wrote was... Pretty much scrapped. I want to say he wrote it as a, almost like a straight comedy, and they scrapped that one, decided not to go with it. William Goldman also died in 2018. Let's see, Saint, this is pretty much the one of the only things that Saint wrote that got turned into a movie or TV show. Collector wrote Jungle Warriors and Believe in Me. Olsen wrote The Burbs and George of the Jungle. Goldman wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and The Princess Bride. Producers for this one were Bruce Bodner and Dan Colesrud. Bodner did Funny Farm and Fletch Lives. Got a little Chevy Chase uh, theme running along there. And Coles Rudd did Falling Down and L.A. Confidential. Music for this one was done by Shirley Walker, who died in 2006. This is the one I was shocked. I'm going to play a little bit of music here later on in the episode. But Shirley Walker is the, as soon as I saw her name, I was like, you're kidding me. That's the composer of Batman the Animated Series, the music. And then the Flash TV show from 1990. And then also did the music for Final Destination. I think the first one of that series. Cinematography was done by William A. Fraker, who died in 2010, did the cinematography for Bullet and War Games. 
editor was Marion Rothman, who did the editing for Starman and Escape from the Planet of the Apes. I think also did maybe Beneath the Planet of the Apes, too. Budget on this one was somewhere between 30 and 40 million. Box office, 14.4 million. So it did not make back its budget. Flick metrics. Not surprising, really. It did not, did not quite make it. Flick metrics gives it a 52%, and Cinema Score gives it a B. Starring Chevy Chase, who played Nick Halloway. He was in Caddyshack, Spies Like Us, and the Vacation movies. Daryl Hannah played Alice Monroe. She was in Wall Street, Splash, and Kill Bill. Sam Neill played David Jenkins. He was in Jurassic Park, The Piano, and Event Horizon. Michael McKean played George Talbot. He was in Clue, and this is Spinal Tap. Stephen Tobolowski was Warren Singleton. He was in Spaceballs and Groundhog Day. Ned? Ned Ryerson? Jim Norton played Dr. Bernard Wax. He was in Straw Dogs and Water for Elephants. Pat Skipper played Morrissey. He was in The X-Files and Yellowstone. Richard Epcar played Tyler. He was in Disconnected and Mortal Kombat 2. Paul, uh, Gregory Paul Martin played Richard. He was in A Walk in the Clouds and an episode of Mad About You. I, t- I like that guy's voice. Like, he's got a ridiculous voice. But it's... Patricia Heaton played Ellen. She was in Everybody Loves Raymond and Beethoven. Barry Kivel played the drunk businessman. He was in Crocodile Dundee and The Natural. Got a bit of a theme for him, too. He was a drunk businessman in this movie, and he was the he was the, the guy that was snorting coke at Crocodile Dundee, wasn't he? Well, you know. That's a knife. <laughs> that's... That's not a mound of coke. That's a mound of coke. Yeah. This is a knife. Now you take the knife in the mirror and you just <laughs> scrape it up a little bit and you, yeah, all right. All right. Donald Lee played the cab driver. He was in Big Trouble in Little China and the Avengers. And Rosalind Chow played Kathy DiTola. She was in the Joy Luck Club and she was in Star Trek. I know Pat would not want me to miss the opportunity to share that his first response to this movie was Keiko! I think he just texted in all capital letters when he saw that she was in this movie. Pat being yes, the, he was he was quite excited. Pat being the resident Star Trek Deep Space Nine fan of the- Nick Holloway is an average businessman who undergoes an extraordinary change when an experiment gone awry turns him invisible. Government operative David Jenkins discovers Nick in his see-through condition at the scene of the accident and arranges for him to be taken into custody, but he escapes. As Nick tries to find out more about his strange situation, he receives aid from Alice Monroe, a pretty acquaintance who helps him avoid capture. Here is the trailer, and we're going to be back in just a second. It all started on a Tuesday in March. If George hadn't introduced me to Alice... Let's not do anything cheap and meaningless. Okay. What do I owe you? She hadn't been so spectacular... Maybe I wouldn't have gotten so loaded that night. Ten minutes. I'll be as good as new. And none of this would have happened. Something's happened at the Magnoscopics facility in Santa Mira. Next thing I knew, I went from high profile to no profile. What have they done to me? Wait a minute, who are you guys? Keep your mouths shut, all of you. You're in a state of molecular flux. You want to live? You're gonna have to trust us. Where have you been? Everybody's looking for you. I'm here. Sort of. I want my molecules back! Now there's a price in my head. The single most exotic intelligence asset on the planet is ours. I don't sleep well. I can see through my eyelids, I can see through the top of my head. But I'll never sell out. Think of the adventure we could have together. Oh, yeah, we can go to Frontierland. Don't be afraid. 
It's me, Nick. You want to sit down? If not for Alice... We're the only people that can give you your life back. I'd be lost forever. You have a face again. You don't have any body makeup, do you? Dropped about 10 pounds. But I'd look great naked. <laughs> Alice! Go away! She saw me through it all. I got him. Chevy Chase. Morning. Morning. Daryl Hannah. Boy, how am I gonna tell my mom about this? Just tell her you met a guy. Could be serious. He's transparent. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. A John Carpenter film. All right. So for this one, a, couple, a few little trivia things for this one real quick. So, and this will get into when we start talking about our, our deeper thoughts in the movie. So we'll, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. So I've got some trivia stuff for us. Then we'll go through some of the major moments in the plot, kind of uh, knock that out real fast. But a couple of things trivia-wise were there was, sounds like there was a lot of tension on the set of this movie. That things, the, uh, the battle did not go well, Enterprise, as they were making this movie. And sounds like Daryl Hannah and Chevy Chase in particular were... Maybe, according to John Car Carpenter, at least, they were acting like spoiled children. And there was not a whole lot he could do because the studio was siding with them. So it kind of sounds like uh, Chevy Chase had to wear some different prosthetics and contact lenses and things like that. And he would just kind of get frustrated and just, like, pull them off in the middle of a take, which would, I guess, ruin a whole bunch of their recordings. And John Carpenter kept getting upset with him. And he kept doing it. And, like, I guess it would just set them back like hours and hours when he would do that stuff. So it sounds like there was a lot of kind of tension, you know, between them. John Carpenter actually says this is his least favorite movie that he's directed. And he doesn't even like to think about this one because of all the like stress it caused him to deal with Daryl Hannah and Chevy Chase. Yeah. And it's funny listening to that trailer. I sort of can see the problems. Like, the trailer almost makes it sound like a comedy, too, but then yeah. you process that it's John Carpenter, and you realize, hmm, maybe comedy not so much? Yeah. But it's Chevy Chase, and you think, well, comedy. Right. But, again, John Carpenter. Yeah. So, yeah, John Carpenter and Sam Neill, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> So even just on paper, I can see some of the conflicting efforts that could have been going on in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the original director was supposed to be Ivan Reitman. Comedy. Which would have made more sense, comedy. But apparently, he and Chevy Chase had many arguments over the tone of the film. And so then uh, Reitman refused to work with Chevy Chase. And I guess tried to get Chevy Chase, tried to get that part recast. And the studio was like, mm, yeah, no, we're going to keep Chevy Chase and you can go. All righty. <laughs> it's interesting. I guess at this time, Chevy's pretty on top of the world, I guess. He is. He's, he's at his prime at this point. Yeah, so He's coming off of la story and christmas vacation and fletch lives okay yeah i'm seeing it yeah so let's see what else trivia wise for this yeah one of the things i mentioned earlier the soundtrack by shirley walker according to this it says it was the first major hollywood studio picture with a complete orchestral score written by a woman the fact that that took to 1992 is a bit i, I was shocked surprising i was surprised but i suppose complete orchestral score 
for a major Hollywood studio picture. So I'm sure that there were others. Yeah, there were there some were indies, I'm sure. Yeah. But but that's still kind of surprising. Yeah, I would agree. And it took that long. And then one other quick little thing. When David Jenkins, Sam Neill's character, asks Nick his name, Nick says that his name is Harvey. Harvey. I did appreciate that. My big tall white rabbit. Yep. From the Jimmy Stewart movie. So I did appreciate that little uh, little nod there. All right. Well, we've got some major moments in this movie. I've I've outlined six major moments in this movie. And uh, we'll kind of go through bit by bit just to kind of remind you if you have not seen the movie or haven't seen it in a while. Uh, we always recommend you go see the movie first. But this will kind of walk you through the plot real quick. And uh, then we'll get into some of our deeper thoughts on the movie. Uh, so major moment number one is Nick meets Alice. This kind of seems to be the catalyst for the whole thing is Nick is kind of just wandering through life at this point. He's not really there as part of his job and he just kind of wings it through everything. And when he meets Alice, he, he's not really planning on meeting up with any of these friends because he doesn't seem to really have very many. And if they are, they are superficial friends. And so he meets up with Alice after meeting with his friend George. Uh, he runs at him at the bar and meets Alice and kind of instantly falls for her. And then next major moment, because he instantly falls for her, but, that, but then does not go home with her that night, uh, he decides to drink himself silly at the bar, as you do. And because of that, he goes to his business meeting the next morning a bit hungover. Just a tad. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And while he's there, he leaves the very boring speech that's going on, the presentation that's going on. And How many to, times have you wanted to do that? How many times have I done that? Well, fair. I fair. Mean, not to go take a nap in a sauna room, but <laughs> if that was ever an option, that would be... There, there have been moments where I've gone to some kind of a presentation and it was really just as boring as it could possibly be, so I did excuse myself to go find the bathroom. Been there. And and take maybe a longer 20-minute walk to get back to my seat. So, yeah, so he goes there, and then while he's looking for the bathroom, uh, there is a bit of an accident. A spilled coffee at Magnoscopic Labs ends up causing a complete meltdown of whatever experiment was going on, and... It ends up, he, he falls asleep, he finds a sauna room, and he's going to take a little nap in the sauna room, and he falls asleep in there, and ends up waking up, and a decent portion of the building, everybody evacuated the building, but a decent portion of the building, and Nick himself are now invisible. So whatever this experiment was, it ended up turning him invisible, it turned the building invisible, and we get some we get some kind of funny physical comedy stuff where people like running into walls that are not really there. And, you know, we get the, the bit of him like looking in the mirror and putting on a hat and you can only see the hat move and only see the phone move and things like that. So you get the, the whole invisible man kind of stuff there. Here's where and this is going to get into our, our deeper thoughts a little bit later on. Here's where I kind of started to get a little confused with the movie. <laughs> is now all of a sudden the CIA shows up and they want Nick. Like, it's, it's now become Sam Neill's mission in life to get Nick. He's the perfect spy. He's, I, he would be the perfect spy. And this is, I, I will comment more later, but this is kind of where I started to get lost a little bit. I was like, wait, why did, wait, hold. As the movie went on, I kept thinking, wait, why do they want him again? Like, why is, why is the CIA guy this corrupt? And why do they want, they want him because he's invisible? And that's what, I don't, I don't remember. My brain hurts. I have a headcanon theory that doesn't necessarily get said straight out in the movie. But All right, give it to me. Is it as 
it seems to me that he wants him as a spy. However, could it just as easily be that this is a CIA experiment gone wrong that mm. they're trying to cover up? Oh, it could be. Now, I, I'm not sure they give us enough in the movie to go there, no. but it might make a little more sense. Yeah, yeah. Than the other options. Yeah. That's true. Well, so a decent portion of the middle of the movie is the CIA chasing Nick uh, and Nick trying to find ways. He, he sneaks into their office at one point and kind of eavesdrop on a meeting that they have so he can hear a little bit more of what's going on. And he ends up getting away. He goes and he stays at his friend George's beach house for a little while. We've got some funny scenes there of the you know kid that comes in to drop off the food and then he's like rifling through some of George's possessions and Nick is like hovering over his shoulder the entire time until he it's just about to steal something, and he says something right in his ear. All the things you would do if you were invisible. Of maybe. course. Of course. Well, maybe, yeah. And then as we go through we go through some of the rest of the movie where there's more chases, he, he does kind of reveal to Alice that he has become invisible. They've got some good scenes with some pretty decent CGI for 1992 where she's putting makeup on him, and they go out to eat, and the very creepy scene where he, like, accidentally rubs the makeup off his oh. face. And you just see, like, his teeth underneath. and Yeah, that is so not right. That was definitely a John Carpenter moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, very uncanny valley, like, just weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. That was good stuff. And then uh, then the movie turns into Darkman, and we have a confrontation at the construction site. And, uh, yeah, and then Dr. Uh, Dr. Alan Grant falls to his death. And at that point, I think everybody thinks that Nick is also dead. And so he's able to go off to Switzerland with Alice and she's pregnant and he's skiing and the end. He's going to have little, little invisible babies. How's that going to work? Yeah. Questions. Many of them. Yeah. Well, that's, and he doesn't, doesn't he been altered. So I would think his DNA is altered. So, well, doesn't he make kind of a, doesn't he make kind of a comment of like the hardest thing is going to be like keeping track of our kids. Yeah, he does say something like that. So I guess that's the implication. Yeah. Well, here's your headcanon. His, their children, their child is Casper the Friendly Ghost. Well, there you go. So he's partly transparent. I'm in. This is where, ooh, no, you know what? This is where we get the, like, semi-transparent glowy people from Cocoon. Aha! Mm-hmm. That's how that works. Like it, so this makes it a cocoon prequel, sort yes. of like Prometheus. Yes, which actually, while I was sick, I did watch rewatch Prometheus because I think it's the tenth anniversary of Prometheus this year. Okay, so that's why it's been all over my Facebook feed this yeah. past couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, and I There's did rewatch it. Stuff. I did rewatch it, and I and I enjoyed it more than I remember enjoying it the first time. So. Now, I, I will not. I read a very, not to sidetrack us too oh. much into Prometheus, but I read a really good article while I was under the weather about how Prometheus is more science fiction than Alien. Yes. Alien is a horror movie. Yes. Prometheus is more classic science fiction dealing with origins and things of that nature, which is true when you yes. think about it. Which is fine. I, I probably will not rewatch Alien Covenant. Well, no. Because that, I mean, that movie made me upset. Right. No. It lied to me. 
alive. I thought it was going to be an alien movie, and then it gave me something like I don't even know what. So, uh, so those are those are our major moments for this. Any other major moments? Uh, we're we're going to bring up some other moments because I have some major moments that gave me pause in this movie. But <laughs> are we ready to are we ready to go deeper with our thoughts? I think we can we can take that dive. Okay, let's go deeper. And now deep thoughts. <gasps> Whoa! All right. Deep thoughts. Bo, do you like this movie? I do in a nostalgic kind of way. Okay. Chevy Chase in his prime being somewhat funny, but I think as a as a ute, if you will, when mm-hmm. I probably saw this originally, I maybe didn't pay attention to some of the more glaring problems with it. I think I probably just glossed over them. Yeah. Seeing it again, there are definitely some issues where it was not, it didn't hold up. Maybe I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I remember this being much more of a comedy than it actually ended up being. Me too. And I, I don't know if as a, as a youth, I didn't get it. Maybe that's why I thought it was funny. Yeah. Or if Chevy's slapstick invisibleness was enough to just keep me laughing. So I didn't care. Any of the above is possible. I think in my little brain, I watched this movie with, probably watched this movie with my dad. You know, we probably rented it at some point, watched it with him. I think in my little brain over the years, because I haven't watched this since I was a kid. I think in my little kid brain, I probably mixed some of this movie with Fletch. And so... Ah, Bach. So in my mind... His like little one-liners and things like that were funnier, but watching this as an adult, I'm like, this is not really all that funny. Like, there's some funny moments, right? But it's not a comedy movie, and I was expecting it to be a comedy movie. But then part of me was like, well, but it's John Carpenter, so it's not going to be like ha ha funny necessarily. So yeah, yeah, that's where I think I kind of got a little lost with this. Like I. If I answer the question, did I like this movie? Eh. It was all right. It was, the problem is, and I and I think we've already kind of talked about this a little bit, is that this movie, and I, I don't know who is to blame for that, because it sounds like there was a lot of push and pull from the studio, from Chevy Chase, from John Carpenter, to me, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. We've said that about some of the other movies we've covered on this show. This movie doesn't seem like it knows what it wants to be. And I feel like it was the, because I, I think of a John Carpenter movie, and I think, okay, so it's going to, it's going to give me some horror. It's going to give me some sci-fi. It's going to give me some some things to think about. When I think of a John Carpenter movie, I think even if it's like, Halloween or they live or something like that. There's going to be some kind of a message in here, something for me to, to really kind of sink my teeth into and think about after the movie's over if I want to, but it's also Chevy chase and off the top of my head. So I'm going to ask you this because I tried to do this myself off the top of your head. Can you think of a serious role that Chevy chase has played? Top of my head. No. Okay. I could not either. Because part of me was like, 
I, I started in my own head. I was like, who who could have played this role that needs some funny moments, but could also handle some kind of more serious moments? And the first person that came to mind was Bill Murray. Sure. I'm like, maybe Bill but Murray. But in 92, nobody knew that. No, no. But I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, Chevy Chase. Do I even, like, even in 92, do I look at Chevy Chase and think, yeah, serious, dramatic actor? Eh, no. No, not really. And I think that somewhat in this movie, you're trying to kind of, I don't know if the movie is trying to bridge that gap of serious and comedic. I, I'm almost thinking. Well, that's, that, the, that's the interesting thing, right? We know there was disagreements between Ivan Reitman and Chevy Chase about yeah. tone. And there was disagreements between Chevy Chase and John Carpenter about right. tone. Right. So what side was Chevy on? I, that's what I don't because know. Because I'm confused. <laughs> I think Chevy fell down the stairs on Saturday Night Live one too many times. Maybe. Like, I, I just the more I think about it, I'm like, wait a minute. If he was conflicting with Reitman about tone. I feel like Reitman and, would have been comedy. Right. John Carpenter would have been more serious. So what was Chevy's angle? Chevy. I mean, unless Ivan Reitman was trying to make a serious movie too. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It is. It's so funny. Like you hear this stuff how many years later and you're like, okay, but I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've heard, I've heard more and more that Chevy Chase is just a, a notoriously difficult person to work with, which kind of makes and you the, sad. Cause I mean, you see some of his movies, he's a funny guy, but then like more and more I hear he's maybe not that great of a person. Well, and unfortunately, I hate to to make excuses, but you do hear that a lot of very talented comedians are maybe a few fries short of a Happy Meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, case um, case in point, do you think in 1992 it was a good idea to have Chevy Chase in blackface? No, no, I don't. <laughs> that was that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because when did we do when did we do Soul Man? Was that eighty six? Yeah, that was eighty six. Yeah, sounds right. Okay, so good grief. So C. Thomas Howell, if if people don't remember this, in nineteen eighty six, C. Thomas Howell did a movie called Soul Man, in which he gets a scholarship to go to college by putting on black makeup and getting a minority scholarship. And he has to go through college as a black man. Now, I remember when we talked about this movie that we were quite disturbed by the idea of a movie in, even in 1986, having someone go in blackface as part of the movie. And and that there were many people in 1986 itself who had a hard time with this movie. And here we are in 1992. And yeah, and Chevy, or I don't know whose decision it was to do this one, but Chevy or John Carpenter or whoever decided that in the one scene where Chevy has to put on the makeup and pretend to be the cab driver, that he decides to go with the blackface makeup and the and the kind of African looking outfit. Yeah, yeah, it was problematic. Is maybe too tame of a word. 
Yeah, it seems like uh, seems like a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a moment in the movie, certainly. You know what? I had another I had another deep thought, kind oh. of unrelated to the movie, more related to John Carpenter himself. Sure. Have you? And I'm gonna maybe have you Google a picture of John Carpenter if you haven't seen him lately. On it. Okay. So Google a picture of John Carpenter, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement, and I want to see your reaction to this. Okay. Tell me when you got him. Got him. Okay. Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. Indeed. Okay. Thank you. That is that is dead on. Okay. Disturbing, but dead on. I mean, I know what John Carpenter looks like, but then I was googling something earlier today. I'm like, God, he so looks like Grandpa Joe. He really does. That's kind of funny. He's gonna get in trouble for fizzy lifting bubbles. I can just see him dancing around the bed. So, yes. So, I mean, I think overall for me in this movie, just the the tone is all wrong. And I don't know whose fault that is. Like we've said, I don't know if it's Chevy Chase. I don't know if it's John Carpenter. I don't know if it's the studio. I don't know if it's just a terrible combination of all of those things pushing and pulling on each other. I mean, because there are... I, I have heard or read some people say that some of the writing in the movie... Like some of the quotes, if you go look at like the quotes page, you know, some of these quotes, they sound like, sounds like a, a, a deeper, more dramatic, serious movie. Like there's mm-hmm. some, there's some great concepts in there. And I know the movie, like the, the, the point of the movie, what John Carpenter at least wanted it to be was an exploration of the loneliness of being invisible. Mm-hmm. Do you get that from this movie? In small, small chunks. Yeah. There are a couple of times when, like you said, there's a there's a quote or a line where you you see that, but it, no, that's not the feeling you get in the end. Yeah, yeah, I I know that that's what John Carpenter was going for. At least that's what, what as I've read up on it, and that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like he was going for. But I'm just like, it just doesn't it it doesn't hit those beats, right? To be able to be an exploration of the loneliness of invisibility. It needed to decide whether it was... It needed a different actor, I think. I, I don't think Chevy Chase is the right person for this movie. Put a different actor in there. Put a non-comedic actor in there. And I think you get more of what John Carpenter was looking for. So, so I don't know if this is one of those where, like, John Carpenter... You know, is this one of those studio movies where he's making it so that he can get some money and then go back to making the more independent films that he enjoys making and... This is his first studio film since Big Trouble in Little China, so. Right, because of studio interference, and he complained a lot about that here, and. Yeah. Well. So maybe this was his paycheck movie to get his money so he could go back to making his other stuff. Right. Because he did work with Sam Neill later on in in The Mouth of Madness, I think was one of Mm -hmm. the next ones together. Yeah. So, so I don't know, I, I kind of, I guess final verdict for me on this one is it just it it's it's discordant is that the right word you're the former english teacher my brother all right i'm going to go you're going to have one. to tell me what that means so I, I was my understanding there would be no grammar on the podcast you're the one that brought up the 10 dollar word not I me i know but i'm i'm hopped up on mjolnir revere I'm medicated. I'm not supposed to operate heavy machinery, and right now the, the mixing board over here is looking mighty heavy. 
I don't cabulary shrinks when I'm on medication. <laughs> it does not expand. <laughs> I'm not I'm not worthy enough to lift the Mjolnir. It's it's usually more a a, a version of. Eh, mm-hmm. uh, Mm. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, every time I say the name of that medication, I keep adding syllables. It's you do. It, I, I'm wondering how long it'll get by the end of the podcast. Right. Dude. The Molnir Manir Prefer Manir Minerva. Minerva. What's funny is, by the end of it, you might get the name right. I might. I'm, I'm you keep afraid. adding syllables. You might just get there by default. Molnir Padir Venir Minerva Lady. And we're back to that. Yeah, all right. it all comes full circle. It does. It does. Just just like me, it's a full circle. <laughs> all right. Anything else we want to talk about with this one? You know, weird little things like, and I know this is nitpicky, but. Do it. So he, when he's invisible, he's still wearing the clothes that he's was in when he got zapped. But then when he puts clothes on, is he putting those on over the clothes that he got zapped in? Because once he takes those clothes he got zapped in off, how does he find them? He doesn't. But then he should be naked more. <laughs> well, that's not something you normally hear on this podcast. No, that's also true. That's, that's okay. Title for the episode, he should be naked more. Yeah, well, then, then that's we can blame that on the my version of Mjolnir Prevere. Didier. Should be, okay, naked <laughs> more. Okay, I'm going to write there's that just, down. There's just, there's a... Go. It's a nitpicky thing, but it's weird. Like, you, you don't quite understand. The whole building disappeared, but, yeah, I don't know. Right. We're, I, not, we're not following the uh, Claude Rains Invisible Man rules here where it's... Exactly. Uh, there are no rules. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I like that. Right. <laughs> it's like, you, you have to take the clothes off. Don't feed him after midnight. That kind of stuff. Exactly. Don't let him get in the pool. Sauna's okay. Sauna's fine. Not the pool. Can't get in the pool. If he gets in the pool, we can and, see. And him. Lord God, don't don't do the teeth thing ever again. <laughs> oh, that was, but that was fun though. Like that was the moment of the movie. I was like, oh, John Carpenter's here. <laughs> it's like he woke up. Yes. I was like, there's other great CGI stuff in this. I mean, it is coming out. So here, here's what'll be interesting: is I think later in the year, because it's the same. I want to say later in the year we're doing Death Becomes Her. Nice. And I want to say that when I think of movies where CGI is used to this kind of effect where you have like a, a hole, a gaping hole in someone's stomach, or you, you can see what the person just ate and they're digesting and, and throwing up and things like that. I'm curious to see now how this CGI compares with that CGI. Right. Because I feel like this CGI was actually pretty decent for it 1992. Was for, for what it is. Yes. Yeah. Like there's, there's definitely moments in this that I'm like, Oh, that's that's actually pretty cool. That's that's well done. I that I'm I'm looking at. I'm going okay. There's the John Carpenter influence on this movie. The scene with the water when you can see him because yeah. the water's hitting him. That was very cool. Yeah. So I just I I would have liked more of that and maybe maybe just not Chevy Chase. Just don't yeah. don't do a comedy. If your whole idea is the loneliness of invisibility, don't have Chevy Chase. Don't make it a comedy. Because you can put a dramatic actor in there and still have funny moments. Mm-hmm. So maybe Tom Hanks. There you go. Do a Tom Hanks. That would work. Anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that's my my final verdict on it is probably wrong actor for the movie. 
and not as funny as I remember it being because I think I remembered it being Fletch. And that will definitely a different movie. Mm -hmm. Different movie. So just if you want to see Memoirs of an Invisible Man and see a better version of it, just go watch Fletch and just squint. There you go. Yeah. Pretend you can't see him. Pretend he's invisible. All right. I think we're ready for three questions then. Alrighty then. Alrighty. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one, what is your favorite movie with an invisible character? This is a tough one. Yeah. But I'm going to go with, and it's sort of an overarching one, I'm going to go with the many incarnations of The Hobbit mm. and Bilbo Baggins when he puts the ring on. Mm-hmm. I like that. Excellent. Yeah, that was probably going to be, that's probably going to be mine as well. I was I was like running down a list of the different, you know, no, 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 you know what? No. I know what I'm going to go with because I was thinking Hobbit, but I'm going to go with as a kid. I loved this movie and I always thought this was such a cool scene in the movie. I'm going to go with Clash of the Titans. Oh, very nice. Uh, yes. When he is able to make himself invisible and he's sneaking. Yes. Around, uh, well Cal- done. Cali, no, Caliban, Calibac, Caliban. I think it's Calabas. Calabas. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Calabac is a character from DC Comics. Yeah. There you go. No. I'm a shout out, of course, to Harvey because we've already mentioned him. But also love, also love the Harvey movie. So that Mm -hmm. that would have been up there as well. But yeah, did you see? So and I also loved the the old Claude Rains Invisible Man movie. Yes, and then of course when he shows up at the end of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Did you watch the newer Invisible Man? I did not. It is on my summer watch list on one of the streaming services. I cannot remember which one. I actually really like that. I've heard good things. I thought it was really good. So yeah, I'm I was a fan. I think it's I think it came out in 2020. Sounds right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was I thought that was really good. I don't recall if that was going to be built into the rest of like that. They were trying to create like the Universal Monsters mm-hmm. shared universe kind of thing. I feel like that was going to ultimately get built into the Mummy and the Invisible Man and like they were doing this whole reboot of universal monsters and that didn't quite end up taking off but i feel that would make sense i feel like that was ultimately going to be part of it all right question number two if you had the power to make yourself invisible and eavesdrop on one meeting or conversation what would it be is this like any conversation ever any conversation ever oh my gosh i had some trouble with this one yeah i was thinking You know, the the planning of D-Day, like, Mm. to be in that room when all of that was going down. Yeah. Would just be amazing. Like, (laughs) but there's so many points in history like that. I mean, gosh, 
anything in the Kennedy White House? Yeah. Really? Take your pick. <laughs> Back into the left. Right? Back like, I left. mean, anything. Yeah. So many amazing things like that. Just. Yeah. But I would think the planning of D-Day would be like my. Okay. I'm I'm going to speak for Pat and Jeff and say the planning meeting between Steven Spielberg and George Lucas where they decided how old Marion was going to be. There you go. There we go. There you go. I'm sorry, Jeff and Pat. I didn't mean to start that again. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's the Mjolnir, Pavir, Manir, Hermanir, Murmur. Exactly. It's all good. You can always blame it on Mjolnir, Vidir, Pavir. Bork, Bork, Bork. Bjork. Yeah. It's. I've turned into the Swedish chef. Every time I take the medication, I turn into the Swedish chef. <laughs> and for you, sir? For me, sir. Gosh, I feel like I feel like I would like to be in. I would just like to be a fly in the wall in like the writers' room of some major movie that's getting mm. written or planned, or maybe Star Wars. Maybe you know. I, I've been watching, and we'll probably talk about this when we do our our Patreon recording for Godfather. I've been watching the TV series The Offer, and oh man, if half of that stuff is true, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in any of the meetings where any of that stuff was happening. That is why that podcast, How Did This Get Made, just blows my mind. Yeah. Some of the stuff you hear about the way these movies come together is bonkers. Yeah. Like, it is bad spit crazy, and it happened that way. And you just, you wonder how this industry survived. Once once you get it, it, it is an excellent series. I think there's only one episode left that I haven't seen yet because it comes out this week. The Offer. If you get a chance to watch it, it is so good. And I'm as I'm watching this, I'm going, are you kidding? Like, how did this thing ever get made? Right? You're just like, oh, my God, this is bonkers. There's I, no reason this I should ever how, I don't know how this thing ever got made, and I don't know how more people didn't die in the making of it. Well, and then and, you look around and you go, oh, my God, there's how many films made every year, even if only a quarter of them go through this process. Right. <laughs> yeah. No wonder they're all nuts. I know. <laughs> Well, and, and and the more and more that I've moved through in my own career and, and gotten in higher up places in my own workplace, and I look at things and I go, I don't know how anything ever happens. Like, how It's does, true. It does boggle the mind how anything gets accomplished, doesn't like, it? Like, this is, this is what we're dealing with on such a small scale. How does the world continue to run? Yeah. Well, that goes back to our fly on the wall. Like, right. oh, my God, how do these things actually happen? This is I'm going to I'm going to quote probably something my grandfather said at one point. I know how the world continues to run. Spit and bailing. That's well, how. or there's always the pentavit. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes, the Illuminati. Exactly. They've put Mjolnir Pernir maneuver in the drinking in water. In all the water. It's in the, all it's the, in the water. Yeah. What are you going to do? That and the, and the fluoride or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. But we've got clean teeth. Indeed. And a beautiful singing voice. Question me, number me, 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 I don't know what that was. Me neither. 30-something movie prod- podcast brought to you by Mucinex. Exactly. Uh, question number three. What game would you rather play, hide-and-seek or Marco Polo? Oh, hide-and-seek for sure. Yeah. Marco Polo's... Eh, whatever. Marco Polo's <laughs> dumb. Yeah. It made for a funny commercial, though. So I <laughs> Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I don't know. Marco Polo never did it for me. Hide and seek was good times. I was never good at Marco Polo because I also, like, I wasn't a very good swimmer, so I didn't like to put my head on. And I feel like putting your head underwater and, and evading people under the water, you know, Hunt for Red October style. Sure, I feel like that's sure. Sub-warfare, man. I feel like that's the only way you're going to win in Marco Polo. Indeed. Otherwise, if you're big and slow, you're not getting away from anybody. I would agree. And somebody always cheats and they peek. But hide and seek, I mean, at least you have a chance with hide and seek. Right. I mean, again, big guy, not too many places you can hide, but still. Agreed. I feel like I have a fighting chance. Okay. Are you you're more the hide and seek person? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. It was just more fun. You get more creative that way. Yeah. You know. And, you know, if you get a good hiding spot, you can take a nap. Right. You accidentally lock yourself in the trunk of the car. and There you go. Stuff like that. Back before they had the glow in the dark. The release. Yeah. Things, which, yeah. <laughs> the safety latch for the stupid kid. <laughs> the, the, the mafia switch. Isn't that what they call it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That may come up again in our Godfather episode. It may as well. Yes. All right. It might. All right, well, I think we've said everything we need to say about the memoirs. We have, of, uh, memoirs. Have, have, we, have we shared our memoirs of... Empty Fletch. Okay. Yes, Empty Fletch. <laughs> I think that could be another title for this episode, Empty it Fletch. It could be. Empty Fletch. That's a good one. I'm going to write that down. Because <laughs> knowing all the medications I'm on right now, I'm not going to remember it. Milnir Prever Diver Diver. That could be another title for the episode if I could learn how to spell it. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> If I'm Big Pharma would come after you if you spelled it right, it's, so if, don't. If I'm worthy enough to lift all the letters that are in it. There you go. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the 30-something Movie Podcast. We are on uh, social media at 30podcast. Our website is 30andthewordpodcast.com. See, next episode's coming up. Our Patreon for this month is The Godfather from 1972. So, if Where you we are, make you an offer you can't refuse. Yes. The offer you can't refuse is to come join us over on Patreon. Any, any level of support. That is an offer that you cannot refuse right there. Any level of support, and you're going to get bonus content basically up the wazoo. Indeed. Yeah. And then let's see. What else we got uh, this month? We've got a special episode. It's a mad, 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 mad world from 1963. Mm -hmm. That was a request from Podrick, one of our Patreon co-executive producers. So that'll be a good one as well. Uh, Lawnmower Man and Candyman are going to round out the month for us. Then in the Excellent. month of July, we've got our Patreon episode is the Razzies of 1992, which will take a look at Shining Through, The Bodyguard, Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, Final Analysis, and Newsies. Um, then we've got Batman Returns, Reservoir Dogs, The Mighty Ducks, and Beef Oven. So we've got lots of good stuff coming up in the next couple months or so. We're also going to do some other special episodes. I'm trying to plan out a possible special episode on the 40th anniversary of The Rocketeer. The Rockahoo? Uh, the Rockahoo. Don't you read the papers? What's a paper? I don't know. Papers? No ticket. No ticket. There you go. There you go. We just mashed up about four movies right there. Yeah. This is the kind of if service. If you can name them all, you should go to Patreon and join us. It's Molnir Bevere That's the kind of service we provide here at the 30-something movie. That one and then a 30th anniversary episode for Batman the Animated Series. Turning, oh, very nice. Turning 30 this year. That may come out in September. And then coming up here pretty soon, I think we're also going to do a special episode on Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Which is Excellent. Hitting its 40th anniversary. And we've got one of our Patreon co-executive producers that's going to be joining us for that one as well. Wonderful. Um, so all kinds of good stuff. So join us, won't you? 
All right. Thank you, Bo, as always. Thank you, John, for the tireless work you do to keep us all keep us all recording. And, and hopefully the next time we all get together, we are all well. That would be wonderful. Or, yes. Or as well as we can be. Indeed. It's, <laughs> as it's, well as we were two weeks ago. How about that? It's a moving target, so. <laughs> all right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go take your medicine and go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time. We'll